Welcome to Embers and Wind. Are you feeling a calling to serve? What if answering this calling unleashes from deep within you leadership potential? I'm your podcast host, Keith Weedman. Blended three decades experience with knowledge from multiple disciplines to unleash hidden potential in others. In this weekly podcast, my distinguished guests and I will share what fuels us and how we serve. You will feel a gentle wind on the embers of service that glow within you. You will receive kindling for your capabilities and knowledge to build skills. You can utilize this gentle wind to ignite the kindling. You will be guided to do this for people you lead and serve. You can apply what you learn with people you love. Get ready to feel the gentle wind. There was a time when today's guest was living a pretty average life with a wife, two kids, a dog, and all the normal trappings. Then in December of 2012, he hit his deepest rock bottom right after his wife learned of his three-year-long affair. Suddenly, he was bedding down on his friend's futon with a cat. That Christmas night, he realized that his life was unsustainable and he might very well find himself under a bridge. Something had to change, and he was that thing. What followed was a years-long exploration into his personal growth. This has led to a looping journey through the science of happiness, the science of abundance, and the science of, for lack of better term, reality shaping. That is building the life you want. He is now living the best life he's ever had, and it keeps getting more and more interesting. He asserts if a schlub like him can upgrade his life, so can you. The title of this episode is The Happiness and Abundance Project. Please join me in welcoming Larry McKinnis to Embers and Wind. Welcome, Larry. Hey, Keith. Good to see you again. Good to see you too. Let's begin with the word schlub. <laughs> I was shocked to find that word in the dictionary. <laughs> Please, for the benefit of listeners, define what you mean by the word schlub. Yeah, yeah. I was afraid you're going to start with that one. Looking backwards at, at that time, I was really no one special. I was just just a guy mowing the lawn, taking care of the dog, raising kids, just like everybody else in town. Yeah, just living the life and not really taking advantage of it. How did you perceive yourself when you hit that rock bottom? So rock bottom was Christmas night, 2012, and nothing is lonelier than, than living on your friend's sofa. I'm, I'm actually grateful that I, I figured out my situation as quickly as I did. It took me a good month. But when reality grabs you by the lapels and, and slaps you around, you, you take notice. It's not, not a pretty, not a happy sight. But I knew that if I didn't act, something probably horrible was going to happen. And I didn't know how I was going to act. So I did the only thing I knew I could do. And that, you know, the next morning was just to, just to run which is kind of an interesting metaphor, right? <laughs> Running from that damn sofa and then into the unknown. So where were you looking to find happiness before you hit rock bottom? I thought I was looking for it in an affair, uh, which I certainly wasn't, I wasn't expecting an affair. I wasn't looking for an affair, but when it landed literally in my lap, I thought that that was going to fill a hole that I was experiencing in my marriage. 
And yeah, I, I had a, an element, a, a large element of, of scarcity in my marriage, but I was hoping that this affair as it progressed would fill that hole. But as it turns out, it's actually only compounded the scarcity. So where do you look to find happiness now? Oh my gosh, I don't feel like I have to look for it anymore. I'm so good at finding it. It, it comes to me. It's so simple, it's stupid. You start off with gratitude. I'm grateful for being able to get up in the morning. I'm grateful for the smell of the coffee. I'm constantly grateful for the water that comes out of the faucet because you know, that's just a miracle to me. Things like sitting in front of you right now and having this opportunity to, to speak with you is the point of gratitude. And I think that's where much of happiness is rooted. Can you share a story that illustrates the benefits of the science of happiness? Oh, yeah. Speaking more about gratitude, there was actually research done. I wish I could remember the scientists behind it that found that gratitude actually increases your neural network just by writing down three points of gratitude every morning. Do it for a week and uh, you, you start noticing things. So if science is saying, be grateful for, for the sun, sunrise, be grateful for the flower, mm -hmm. you start noticing more than sunrises and flowers. So would it be fair to say you've been studying the science of happiness? Yeah, I've been studying it. It is endlessly fascinating to me to find how it applies to not just getting out of bed and not just enjoying our coffee, but also how it makes life at the office better. It makes, huh? it makes employees more efficient and productive. Mm -hmm. Happy employees are more, uh, more likely to get raises quicker and, and get promotions faster. So it's really all around us and all facets of our lives. So is there a difference between happiness and joy in your mind? Well, you know, I was going to say they're synonymous, but it might be just a matter of intensity, I suppose. Happiness is more of a baseline emotion and where joy might be these spikes of euphoria. Mm -hmm. So what about the science of abundance? Tell us more about that. This is the science of abundance is relatively new for me, but it kind of dovetails in with happiness. There's such a thing called a, a, an awe walk. You know, you're, you're walking around, you just take in the, the beauty and the glory of your environment, especially if you can do this outdoors. It's been measured that it literally opens up your field of view and you notice things, you notice people that you may not have noticed before. And this includes opportunities. Even if you're not walking around in an outdoors environment, opportunities arise and you can more readily recognize them for what they are. Sometimes these opportunities are uh, financial. Not always, but it could be a, a, an abundance of um, relationships or, or just connections. So why do people who have not studied the science of abundance tend to lean on scarcity? This goes back hundreds of thousands of years. Our ancient ancestors were wired for scarcity because we never knew where our next meal was going to come from. And it was actually a scarcity that helped the human species survive for millennia. Well, it's only been a relatively recent event in human history, say in the last hundred years, where food comes from for much of the population is not a big deal. But our environment has changed a lot faster than our genes. 
So what's wrong with the perception of scarcity today? It gets in the way. It's unnecessary. There's actually a, a mindset out there, uh, uh, an exponential mindset. Uh, Peter Diamandis is something that is somebody that talks about this. A scarcity mindset means you know you, you have to bake a pie for a room full of people and cut the pie into smaller and smaller slivers in order to feed everybody until you run out of pie. Well, an abundance mindset, uh, exponential mindset. When you run out of pie, you bake more pies. So we, thanks to things like the internet, Zoom calls, we have uh, an opportunity to meet more people than ever before anywhere around the world. And that's where opportunity lies. That's where your more pies come from. So tell us more about your benevolent mission. Okay, my benevolent mission, this is it. Uh, you're, you're listening to it. It is to train people on how to raise your baseline of happiness. How, uh, and thus opening up yourself to more opportunity. Actually, among other things, a happier mindset means smaller medical bills and possibly a, a longer, happier life. It's my goal to raise up people's happiness baselines as the overall worldwide happiness baseline has been declining. So it's an uphill battle for me, but I'm glad to take it. And the great thing about this is if I can teach someone the tools and techniques of the happiness uh, and abundance project, they can turn around and teach others. So it's an exponential endeavor. And then I, you and I have, have not talked for a while. So I think you've made some changes to who you target now. Yeah. Uh, gosh, back in the day, as you may recall, I was uh, focusing on men at the back end of divorce, usually. And if they were involved in infidelity, all the better. I guess. I felt like I had a story to tell. And at the time, I thought I had an audience. That's sort of true, but overall, not really. I, I'm finding through market research <laughs> that women are actually more open to my message now than, than men. And maybe that's just because guys don't like to ask for directions. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so you have... You've pointed out a shortfall of the male species. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> so tell me more about that shortfall, about men's resistance to ask for help. You know, I kind of wonder if that's an evolutionary thing, too. The division of labor has always been, you know, pretty striking between the, the genders. And men, I think, are supposed to have the answers. And we don't. You know, I don't. You know, I, I, I really wish I knew the answer to that one better than I'm giving you. But I think it's there's something cultural in this. Uh, could be, but I'm, I'm willing to bet you would find this same resistance more or less across all cultures. There's going to be some outliers, I'm sure, but I bet you'll find it stronger, stronger elsewhere than Western cultures. Yeah. So right now you help men and women. In yeah. fact, it's, you're more open to helping women. It sounds like that's who resonates with your message. I am open to anyone who wants to meet up with me. It just so happens that women seem to be responding to my message more than men, not exclusively, but the, definitely the, the biggest part of the population, biggest audience. Now, if you want to share some tips about how to help somebody find happiness and abundance, what would you share with them? It goes back to gratitude it is such a great tool. 
and, and I keep going back to it, not just for the sake of this interview, but when I'm talking to other people, it seems to be the base tool that everything else is comes off of. Okay, the, the happiness tool is in the morning, write down three things you're grateful for. Do it again in the in the evening. Do this for seven days. And I am pretty sure you're going to notice it's like, huh, something's, something's up, you know, uh, things feel a little a touch easier. Like I said before, it opens up your field of view, you take in more possibility of opportunities. And then that's where the abundance comes in. And if I could just add one more point, and that's intention plays a large part here. So I, I had been you know, divorced for coming up on seven years now. And mm -hmm. I hadn't spoken to my wife, really, since then until she sent me a letter a couple of years ago that she was uh, for, forgiving me for a lot of stuff. But then we finally met for the first time a couple months ago. And mm -hmm. as the state was approaching, I was just intending this is going to be a extremely productive meeting. We're going to be friendly. We're going to, you know, and, and this was sort of a mantra that I was doing mm -hmm. uh, for two or three days. It was such a lovely meeting that she and I oh. had together, it has really generated a, a new friendship between awesome. her and I, which is really needed. <laughs> well, for your children, really it's, needed. It's especially for our children, for sure. And do you have grandchildren yet? No, no, I, I have two adult children and uh, neither seem to be all that interested in, in relationships. They're having too much fun. Excellent, thank you for sharing that. Sure. And. So you talked about intention. Yeah. Very powerful word. Yeah. Intention. Tell us more about intention. Control of life is, is an illusion. But even though we may not be able to control life because life has a mind of its own, we can sort of give it a nudge in the right direction. And I think that's where intention comes in. And it's, I don't know, maybe it's like a prayer a little bit or um, speaking to the universal consciousness or wherever your belief system lies. But I believe that it puts me in a place where whatever I want, I'm going to meet it halfway. And that's where the intention takes me. I've done my job. And now it's up for, to the universe to, to do its or whatever it's going to do. But whatever happens, I'm fine with it. I'd be willing to bet that you notice more opportunities to feel grateful that you didn't used to notice. Absolutely. You know, it, it's it's silly stuff. Food tastes better, I think. Being stuck outdoors during uh, bad weather doesn't bother me so much. There, there's a sort of a, I think this happiness builds this resilience muscle in you. You know, I, I still get ticked off by you know, some idiot driver, but not as much and maybe not as often. And probably not as long. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I don't go chasing them up the up the highway anymore, shaking my fists either. Larry, can you share a story about somebody you've helped? Yes, and I was just thinking about this one earlier today, it, and it has to do. I guess it falls under the the category of kindness. Where a few months ago, uh, across the street from where I live, the our, our neighborhood put out a futon. Uh, <laughs> taken. <laughs> taken apart, put on the sidewalks, free to anyone who wanted it. And standing next to this futon was this young woman who obviously wanted this futon, but had no way of getting it to her house, which is like two or three blocks up the street. I just pulled my car or, you know, my car is parked across the street. I pulled it over. 
helped her throw the futon in the in the back of the car, drove her to her place, carried everything up because storm's coming. Had to get everything up to her third floor apartment, walk up, of course. <laughs> <laughs> the whole event lasted maybe 15 minutes. Uh-huh. But the, the thing about doing a kindness like that pays you back in dividends. So every time I think about that, I get the warm feelies, you know, I, I, I know she's appreciated it. I've ne- I haven't seen her since, mm-hmm. but uh, that doesn't matter. I still get uh, the dividends from yes. my good deed. <laughs> now, one of the things that you've shared with me personally is you can help somebody go faster. Tell us more about that. Following that, that night on the sofa and then traveling down this loopy path uh, of the science of happiness. I didn't know where I was going. So that was in 2012. And here we are 10 years later. That's a long time to ramp up to become what I, I, I hopefully a better person now than I was back then. It doesn't have to take that long. So I, I figured out how to, now that I've organized all these tools and techniques, I, I can pass them off to people and they can actually learn the same stuff that I've learned in a fraction of the time. Yes. And that will then put them on solid footing to learn more things on their own. Thank you for sharing that. Now, how can somebody who resonates with your message stay connected with you? Real easy. Go to the website, uh, happyandabundant.com. I've got a little contact me link on there. Just pop off a message to me. And And I'll have that in the show notes. Yeah, great. Yeah. If, um, If you're interested in and working with me, spending time with me, just all I have to do is drop your name, Keith, and they're good. Thank you for sharing that. And then you're on LinkedIn and Facebook too. I'm on LinkedIn. You're gonna have to put this in the show notes. I don't quite remember what my handle is, but uh, probably Larry McInnes. Yeah. I'll uh, put that link yep. in the show notes too. Yep. Yep. And then Facebook, it's uh, ha- happy and abundance. I'll be sure to put the correct one in, in your show notes. And you're on, you're on Instagram too, correct? Yep. Hey, Larry McInnes. Very good. And then how can someone learn more from you? You can go to happyandabundant.com. I just put up a, a, a link that will set you up with a, a quick questionnaire and you know figure out your own happiness baseline. It's all science-based, thanks to the kind folks at University of Pennsylvania. And that, that's it. You learn something about yourself, and I get in touch with you a day or so later. Very good. Do you have benevolent call to action you want to invite listeners to accept? Yeah. Once again, gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. You can do it on post-it notes or preferably a little journal, but yeah, just, just keep a gratitude journal. And it is pretty shocking. You know, I, I can't iterate this enough, uh, obviously, because this is, but this is probably the most powerful tool in the toolkit. And when, when is the best time to somebody to record in a gratitude journal who they're grateful for or the three things they're grateful for? I would say in the morning. It's sort yeah. of a meditative hour. But uh, you know what? You always keep a little uh, little black book in your back pocket. As you're walking around, you'll see something. <laughs> you write it down. Yeah, very good. Or even better, take a picture of it. Larry, I, I want to thank you for being a guest on Embers and When. This has been a treat for me. Keith, I really appreciate you bring, uh, you inviting me on. I really enjoyed this whole time with you. I've enjoyed it too. Good, good. And thank you so much for joining us as a listener. We look forward to seeing you next week.
Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of Embers and Wind. If you enjoyed today, please come back next week. Please also share this episode with a friend. If you've not already subscribed to Embers and Wind, rated this podcast, and written a review, please do this now. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can reach me directly at embersandwind.net. Thank you again for joining us.